Welcome to episode 49 of Dealer Process Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Cheatham. I'm here with my co-host, Sterling Brown. What's happening, man? What's going on, Phil? Oh, not much, man. I, I decided uh, to do this show about split deals and why you shouldn't do them. So uh, you want me to save you uh, $10 a month on your car insurance? <laughs> yes, I would love to save that $10. You got to cancel your Allstate first, bud. Uh, if uh, you say so. So anyway, you got to cancel your split deal policy first and foremost. Uh, it's awful. And if you've never worked at a dealership without it, you really need to listen to this uh, more than anybody else. And if you're stuck on it, thinking that you have the greatest split deal policy in the world, I'm going to tell you right now, I already know you got the 25 commandments of your split deal policy. Oh, it works great. No, it doesn't. Uh, it's probably the most detrimental thing to your dealership that there is. Uh, I almost don't like discussing this because I can sit here and talk about it nonstop. And no matter who I speak to, GM, owner, sales manager, GSM, they still have, even after they've heard the entire argument, they still have uh, some sort of question, some sort of, well, what, what about this? And I'm gonna, first of all, I'm going to tell you the absolute craziest thing that happens when you have split deals. Uh I dealt with the customer yesterday. I took the day off today. Sterling goes to up the customer. And if you don't believe this is happening, go ask your receptionist, go ask your finance manager, go ask your salespeople. Sterling sees the customer and goes, oh, I don't even want to do this because it's only going to be a half deal. Phil had them yesterday. So your salespeople are walking into these deals unenthralled, demotivated, and they don't even want to sell a car because Phil had them yesterday. Even worse, I've been to car lots myself because I moved across the country, only went to two before I bought my truck. Uh, but I had a salesperson literally tell me I'm doing all the work and they already told me that I'm not going to get half this deal and blah, 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 blah. And that was because I was you know, trying to get the internet pricing that they were advertising. That's a whole different story. Kind of funny. Uh, but that's another thing. I mean, you know, you probably should, that's a whole other topic. Not even going to get into it. Uh, but, um, but yeah, that's happening in, in your, in your dealership. Um, first point that I've uh, written down because I've, I wrote an article on this before is it's an unfair headache and it's a total waste of time placed onto your management team. And I've been there, I've sat at the desk uh, in multiple dealerships with split deal policies and had to be in charge of deciding who's on a deal and did they talk to them in 72 hours and going into the CRM and blah, 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 blah. And no matter what decision comes down, somebody's unhappy, somebody's crapped out. Uh, that's just what happens. And that's just how this thing absolutely works. Uh, thirdly, it actually increases and encourages the laziness of your salespeople. Uh, and I just kind of went over that. So I guess that's the, that's the first one that I went over, but uh, yeah, it's, they, they don't even want to basically work the deal. So they might a lot drop your customer. If it's a busy Saturday, if it's a busy day, they have something else going off, kind of kick the customer out, have them come back and speak to the other person. Uh, it also encourages cheating. 
Uh, and not splitting deals makes you way tougher. And that part I definitely want to get into because if I'm not splitting deals, uh, what I'm going to do, and you know, this is actually a question I had recently. Well, then they'll tell the customers not to come unless it's their day off. Good. That's customer control. And you say, oh, that's crazy, Phil. I don't want that to happen because what if they go somewhere else? Well, um, you know, it's uh, it's going to make them more on top of their deals and more in charge of their deals, which is definitely going to win that column every single time over and over and over again. I want my salesperson literally writing down on their business card off Tuesdays and Thursdays. Here's my business card off Wednesdays and Thursdays. Here's my business card. And I want my salesperson focused on following up with that customer. And if my salesperson knows that if that customer comes in on their days off and they still buy a car, they're not getting any of the deal, they're going to be following up with their customers more, period. And this is where I kind of want to invite you in, Sterling, because I know you've worked at dealerships with and without split deals uh, to kind of, you know, jump on that, man. Talk about what I'm talking about. Am I, am I right? Am I wrong? Tell me if I'm wrong. Um, if anything, the split deals comes at the cost of the dealer and the um, the ownership of the group because the split deals are split in a way to where they're not necessarily accurate of and reflective of the way the transaction went. Um, I've had people deliver the cars and they end up in the second position. And traditionally, whenever you have split deals, the person who delivers the car is supposed to be in the first position. But it always comes down to... What's your bonus level at? How many units have you done? So on and so forth. What's your seniority? Uh, everything except for the merits of the transaction. So when you eliminate those split deals, you're eliminating inefficiency. And it's a it's a hard pill to swallow, but sometimes that's the best medicine. Only if you've never seen it before. Because if you've seen it before, you actually understand that it's more fair. It's more fair for everybody. Uh, makes your guys tougher. And uh, it encourages, you know, deals to be closed today. So, but it, it, this, this topic, man, is so crazy because it, it's like, you feel like it's the unfair thing to do, but also the drama is absolutely gone. And the drama is a million percent gone because I don't have 25 different arbitrary rules. No one can cheat the system. If you close the deal, you get the deal. Oh, well, Sterling, what are you talking about? This is my mom's best friend, and I've been working with her for two years. Really? And you let Brian close her, bud. Seriously, bro? So at that point, it, you see how simple that is and how drama-less that is? So Brian may go get upset. He's not going to complain to anybody because the rule is that simple. There's no, there's no diving into the weeds of a hundred different rules and, oh, but this happened. Oh, but that happened. No, you close the deal, you get the deal. I've even seen a dealership where a guy would up as many people as possible and, and answer as many phone calls as possible and get his name in the CRM on as many deals as possible. And then kind of like run away from the dealership, knowing that he'd be on 20 split deals by the end of the month. And uh, it's, honestly, that's not a stupid way to work a system when you've got a stupid system set up. And I'm sorry to say it that way, but because I know 90% of dealerships operate with split deals, probably 95% of dealerships, and it's stupid. It's really, 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 really stupid. 
and unless you've worked with the process without split deals, you don't get it. And you think you have this perfect system and this, that, and the other, but unless you've worked with a dealership without split deals, you can't tell me. It's just like anything else. It's like watching one news and not watching the other. You, you got to watch them both. You know, you, to, if you really want to formulate your own opinion and you really want to see the results and the differences of things that happen, uh, you can't just do one thing and think that it's the right way and think that it works. Uh, we've got Brian on here. We've discussed this before. And Brian, uh, he believes in split deals and he thinks he's got, you know, he's got the perfect 10 commandments of split deals, but Brian's never worked in a store uh, without a split deal policy. So and I can, I can talk about Brian, you know, me and Brian are super close, but uh, yeah, you know, if you haven't, if you haven't tried it, you, you don't know. Um, but it encourages cheating and not splitting is going to make you way tougher, man. And it's also a huge incentivization. What happens when Phil talked to these people yesterday and they come in today, which let me tell you, isn't going to happen as much uh, when you're not splitting deals because Phil's going to be on top of this customer a lot better. You're most of the time going to see Phil come in and then the customer come in, uh, which just increases everything tenfold. Uh, literally like so much better. I mean, just think of how manipulative, manipulatable the system is where you can have a guy just putting his name on deals and running away versus uh, I put my name on a deal. If I don't stay on top of this customer and follow up with this customer, Sterling can steal the customer from me at any given time. Like literally I get off at six and the customer comes back and Sterling sells them. My fault. Sterling gets the whole deal that creates toughness and that creates, and this is the toughness you want. This isn't anti-culture. This is pro-culture because the drama that's going to be deleted. Nobody's ever going to be arguing. Nobody's ever going to be upset. Everybody knows the rule. It's one rule. We don't need 10 commandments of splitting deals. We need one simple rule because we don't split deals. You close it, you get the deal. End of story. Oh, but it's my mom. You couldn't close your own mom. There's literally no reason that it makes any sense that the person that closes it doesn't get the deal. Uh, at I just want to say, I just wanna say the, the one word that it seems like you're describing is accountability. And I think that that's uh, spot on. This is a, an accountability procedure. Believe it or not, that word will scare a lot of people out there because they think that their people are so unaccountable. But at the same time, it's like the rules that you're putting in place are creating that. This, this is why I hammer on this so much because of how bad this rule is and how terrible it is to your culture, to your processes, to your people, to your customer. Your customer is dealing with somebody that doesn't want to deal with them because they're getting half a deal. That you really want your customer dealing with someone because they're getting half a deal, or do you want your or do you want your customer dealing with someone that's like, oh crap, I better close this deal or it's going back to Sterling. But if I close it, I'm getting the whole thing. That's who you want on the deal. Period. End of story. Right. And yes, there's a little bit of competitiveness and a little bit of cutthroat there. It's all going to come around and go around. And the guys that are going to have it happen to them the least amount of times are going to be the guys that are the best with the customers, which incentivizes the rest of your team to step their game up and become more accountable. 
So it's like the chicken before the egg thing, right? It, that, that word is going to scare people. Oh, my guys aren't accountable, so I can't do it, right? Well, your policies that you put in place are making them unaccountable. I can just up this customer, go home, get on my couch, pop open a six pack, take the next two days off. And if we sell this car, my name's on half a deal. It's ridiculous. It's absurd. Uh, So I I think I'm going to leave this episode pretty quick there. I think I kind of laid that out and uh, it's like a 15 minute episode. Maybe people can just jump on and listen to really quickly. And that's how I feel about it. I, you know, hit me up on Facebook, hit me up wherever you can. Um, and uh, let me fill up at centraldesking.com with one L. Let me know how you feel about it. Uh, love to talk to you on the show, have you on as a guest, and uh, you can argue with me about it. We can, <laughs> we can get even deeper on it. Uh, I'm going to be talking about this probably for the rest of my career because I don't think anytime soon everybody's going to get all in the same one system uh, with anything uh, for that matter. But, um, but yeah, and I've also got an article, theautomotivesoftware.com. Uh, it's from December 24th, 2020, five reasons you need to cancel your split deal policies this year and why. So you can check that out as well. And I believe we did a podcast show on this before as well. So hope we still kept it interesting for you. Thank you for listening. You got anything else on it, Sterling? Yes, I'm just going to emphasize accountability. I think that that is extremely important. There are so many loopholes and games that can be played. If Phil and I are both on a deal and only one of us is responsible for the survey, what if the other person's delivering the car and they don't feel like answering any questions? The customer doesn't feel comfortable in the vehicle. They get in an accident. There's just a domino effect here. There's so many things that can go wrong. Eliminating split deal policies takes care of a lot of those concerns. So let's go ahead and take care of a lot of those concerns while we can. If you have any questions on those, hit up Phil, just like he said. We're on social media. He gave out his email earlier. And uh, Dealer Process Secrets is full of rich information for you guys. And um, look forward to the next time. You know, we all you, know what, you touched on something there. I got to I got to talk about for a second, real real quick. So you know what's really funny is that a lot of the times the biggest pushback I get on this is from the sales managers, the people that, in my opinion, deal with the worst brunt of this. And the worst brunt of this is deciding who gets on the deal throughout your 10 commandments, or really it's probably 25 commandments of split deals. Uh, who ends up on the deal? These guys, uh, like they spend hours a day sometimes dealing with the drama and dealing with the headache of it, uh, especially if you're at you know a 700 car store and you're yourself a sales manager pumping out 120, 150 units a month. Man, it, it's it, like serious amount of time bogged down, people off the market, uh, et cetera. It, it gets really, really bad. And what's so funny is that these are the first guys that want to defend the split deal policy, especially if they've never worked without it. They want to be like, oh, no, 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 I can't do that to my guys. Uh, well, it's amazing because what I really see is kind of happening there is like because they're, they've been managing this problem for so long, it's almost like you're taking away a responsibility that they have or you're taking away some sort of power that they have, or you're taking away uh, something that they've gotten skillful and good at managing, they believe. 
Right. So it's, it's weird. It's like the, it's like the biggest victim of the situation, which is the sales manager actually will defend it the most. And if you, if you do change it in your store, the results you will see, you don't owe me a dollar, uh, but the results you will see, I promise you, uh, will be magnificent. Uh, once again, those 60, 90, 120 days, the consistency is key. That same sales manager that defended it with his life and thought it was the worst thing in the world to take away will be like, man, yeah, I got to tell you, I got more time. It's a lot easier. There's less drama, period. And that's a promise I can make to you. Like million percent, uh, that's a promise. So anyway, I think we'll end it on that note. Uh, thank you, Sterling. Thank you, everybody, for listening and have a great night. Good night.